Hello everyone. Welcome to an, another episode of our Growth Fit interview series. My name is Ashwini. I'm the growth engineer at Custom Fit AI. Our today's guest, she has been working with uh, so many companies in B2B marketing for ever uh, for over 10 years, uh, building an uh, offline expertise across UK, European, APAC and uh, US markets from startup to established business. Uh, I have ex- like uh, I must say that she has experience in working with and managing both in-house and uh, agency system agency teams so she is none other than fiona stevens so let's hear her story of, uh, in marketing world how how she started and now what is she doing and what is her, what are her plans in future welcome welcome fiona and thank you so much for joining us today thank you very much for having me what an introduction um Yeah, I I guess I started my career in PR doing an internship straight after university and uh, very quickly decided that I hated PR. It was far <laughs> too much like sales. Um I wanted decided that I wanted to be the person that makes the story behind a brand, not just the person that tells that story. Um so since then, yeah, I've been working in all kinds of marketing, um mainly across agencies, so SEO agency, PR agency, content agency, um and then focused on e-commerce specifically since about 2014 and then loyalty has been a big focus for the last 5 or 6 years so kind of a a generalist marketer who's ended up in a bit of a a niche with e-commerce loyalty e-commerce so you are a e-commerce lady i would say so you must <laughs> be having experience in Uh, so many things regarding e-commerce uh, would you like to emphasize on a particular uh, segment or would you like to share some experience in e-commerce which you had a good experience a bad experience <laughs> combination <huh? laughs> uh, wow and um, i mean it's always a, a good experience in e-commerce the um, the landscape changes really regularly um obviously over the past year or so e-commerce has grown really quickly um which has been great to see and you know a few other areas have been struggling so it's fantastic to see one area that's just been growing um but it's just a fascinating place to operate everything changes so rapidly and it's so based on consumer behavior so things like the new apple um privacy update will completely change how um consumers decide to give up their data and that will mean that e-commerce marketers have to completely rethink their strategies. So I'd say yeah it's it's a fast moving space but a very very interesting one. Great. And uh, can you please tell us something about Loyalty Line? Like uh, you are head of marketing at Loyalty Line. Uh, what problems do you solve? Uh, does a Loyalty Line solve? And what marketing philosophy you follow to keep up the spirit? Well, oh, good question. Um, well, Loyalty Line itself uh, is a we're a loyalty and engagement platform, and we work with e-commerce merchants to build so that they can build and customize their own loyalty programs. Uh, the idea is that you can build your own brand in a way that allows you to compete with Amazon and the bigger marketplaces out there. Um, in terms of marketing philosophy, I mean, obviously, again, it's been a bit of a strange period. The whole marketing team's been working remotely for over a year now. but we've also grown as a team um so lots of new faces coming in and i think we only met in person as a full team just last week um so lots and lots of of change and i think for me the important thing to keep spirit up is to always be sharing so we have daily stand up calls 
we really uh, work to celebrate each other's successes. We always do training together, so we learn from each other. I think it's important you can be an expert in your area of marketing, but you should be sharing those skills with other people Definitely. all the time as well. Definitely. So that's that's the main thing, and uh, we are also following that thing in a in our personal uh, team. I would say uh, on a personal agenda. Mm. Uh, so as Loyalty Lion is a platform for fast growth e-commerce merchants worldwide. So uh, how do you really conduct a research to reach out to your audience? And is it content? Is it paid campaigns? Uh, show, social media? Uh, what are the mediums you uh, encounter to reach your audience? Like uh, what are your uh, perfect plan? Or maybe uh, it's working or not working. But what all things you uh, try it out? to reach out to your uh, particular segment of e-commerce or audience, your niche uh, segment? Yeah, I mean, we use a, a whole combination of, of channels and we, I think the important thing is that we're always experimenting with new things. Um, for us, the mediums that really resonate are obviously online and the website. So we're a very content-based marketing um, setup. We run sort of big quarterly content campaigns that hopefully are very useful to educate merchants and e-commerce merchants in what they could be doing to make more revenue and make more sales. Um, and that obviously content ties in really heavily to SEO and social media. And so I'd say that those are our key channels, but also partner marketing is a big, big thing for us. There are lots of tools that Loyalty Lion integrates with. They're so doing co-marketing like um, eBooks and webinars again, trying to work together to really educate merchants and, and help them with our marketing. Um, are, they're probably the things that are in terms of a perfect plan, but I would say we we experiment with new things all the time and they don't always work at all. So, yeah. So data always works. So what are the data points uh, that you would use to uh, decide, use for deciding your ideal customer profile? And um, I mean, our, our customer profile is obviously quite niche to e-commerce. So there's a whole range of data points we'd look at. We'd look at gross market value, how much revenue a merchant is making. We might look at how many products they actually sell on their site. Um, to be honest, we look at what they're selling. Um, if it's not something that you would repeat purchase, then it's not really right for a loyalty program. So, for example, you replenish your shower gel or your razors or even your socks quite regularly but you only buy, say, a mattress once every seven years. Um, so, yeah, it really depends what they're selling as to whether they are the right customer right. profile for us. So, basically, you need to understand your customer's customer. Yeah, very much so, and, and see how often, how regularly they're buying and what demographic they yeah. are. Yeah, and then also so what... That... Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say that the technology that that they're using is important as well. You know, are they using a technology that Loyalty Line can easily integrate with, or are they using any of the other tools like email providers or review providers that Loyalty Line integrates with as well? Right. That's that's uh, like this is really important, and these are the insights are uh, which you must uh, encounter in your strategy. I would say. Like uh, if you are a, a if you are a startup if you are a mid-sized company or if, if you are a, a MNC like a big size company doesn't matter but these are the basic things I would say uh, which you are sharing with us 
so thank you for that uh, how do you ensure that your website is uh, personalized with content based on your audience i think um when it comes to the website it, it's about working really closely with other people in your business who are in constant contact with your target audience to make sure that the messages you're showing on there really resonate with your target audience so you know, stay really close to your sales and your success teams they're they're kind of your secret weapon they're the people that are talking to your customers all the time so make sure you're listening to their demo calls or getting feedback from the support team on what people are worrying about what your customers are really worrying about if you can talk to your customers themselves and get a bit of a feedback loop going there i think that's the best way to really make sure that your website's going to resonate that's, that's perfect. And uh, what, according to you, is the uh, one way uh, in which personalization can contribute and enhance uh, the game of your digital marketing? Good question. I think um, obviously personalization is a big buzzword. To be honest, it has been for a few years, and it ranges, doesn't it? You know, you could say that an email is personalized just because it says "Hi Fiona" instead of "Hi there." Um, or you can get into the whole realms of, you know, serving up different web pages to different people. But I, I think for me, the the key thing to um, personalization is making someone feel that you understand their problems, okay. feel that you understand the day to day headaches that they have, that you empathize, you get what their struggles are and make them feel like you're there to help them solve that problem. But you're not selling to them. You know, you're there to, to be a partner rather than. Um, a bit of a hard sell i think that's the key to good personalization right so basically we are into the same page uh like uh with personalization we have uh with our tool uh, there are so many things you can personalize at a time uh not just one page or or not just uh one button or one content you don't need to experiment on uh, a single thing. You have so uh, through one page, you can just uh, change all the things in your web page, and not only your web page, your website. So uh, that's the problem we are uh, like solving for for customers, or maybe uh, with Charge B, we have done same thing with the pricing page that they have now uh, lifted almost 1.3. They have 1.3% of lift in uh, this thing uh, because of just uh, changing the content plus the call to action and like uh, two two or three more things in the same mm -hmm. page. So yes, yeah. if you uh, visit first, the customer visits at the first time, what would you show? And second time, what would you show? Third time, what would you show? Yeah, and so, I think it's about using your tools to understand what that journey is how many times do people on average come back and visit what's their path how long are they spending you know at what point are they ready to to talk to you yeah. understanding all those basically, things is is important so basically connect to your visit website visitor in deep way and understand them and even you can understand like as a marketer you can understand uh, the things uh, behind it like uh, what what a user journey is basically going on on your website so, yeah uh, that's it and yeah, uh, we always say as you said the data is important so what is your secret formula in designing a campaign or paid campaign oh a paid campaign I'll, I'll be honest paid paid campaigns aren't really my forte anymore there's people on my team okay. who are infinitely more more skilled in that now um okay. but i think it's very 
the tools that we have today make it very easy to be super targeted with your paid campaigns. Um, you know, for example, on LinkedIn, we might narrow down to job titles within a business, within a particular type of vertical that has more than X number of employees. You know, it's it's possible to really to to use the targeting built into the tools to get a very um, a very relevant audience. And I think uh, the other things obviously look like audiences. Again, as we said already, the iOS 14 update is going to mean that some of your audience opts out to targeted messages so your lookalike audiences are going to start to be even more valuable than they were before trying to get you know people that look like the profile of the right people to be to see your campaigns so i think um, again it, it definitely depends what you're selling and who you're selling to in terms of the most valuable data points but the formula would be make the most of the tools that you have available to you and try and pull out the criteria that really makes sense for your your brand. So for us, it would be e-commerce marketers or e-commerce directors, you know, and really narrowing down to that level is very important. Right, right. right. And uh, what metric uh, is, your, which metric of yours is favorite? Like which, which, which you would you like to go for a picnic? <laughs> <laughs> With a metric? Wow, uh, all of them. I love, love measuring things. Is, um, is it no. ROI? Is it or or any other metric you or uh, all the metrics you would like to go with the big <laughs> well, I think um part of me would like to say revenue because obviously that's the the hard evidence as to how well your marketing strategy is working, but at the same time you as a marketing team you can only influence that to a certain degree once you hand over a lead into the sales team there's not that much that you can do there so I think for me the the key metric would be how many of the leads that you're bringing in are becoming sales qualified. I think that's the best measure that the marketing you're doing is bringing in the right people. It can't be dressed up or uh, dodged in any way. It's really hard evidence as to either you're getting to the right people or you're not. Right, right. Uh, that's a very valuable information. And uh, if, if, uh, if you're measuring the leads, then what should be the ideal way of uh, source of your lead generation? Or what is uh, what is working for loyalty line as uh, the source of lead generation? No. Um. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of, obviously it's changed over the, the past twelve months. So we haven't been able to do physical events in the same way. Uh, so everything's moved a lot more online. But um, webinars is a very good channel for us. Um, we do a lot as I as I said with content campaigns, and that simultaneously drives our SEO as well. And our partner marketing, to be honest, those are probably our key channels. Yeah, webinars uh, definitely it 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 really works. Like you get thousands thousands of leads in one webinar. That's but it should be in a proper way, definitely. As this is for fellow marketers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's about how you follow up leads, yeah. different leads that come from different sources, because there's a big difference between somebody who has actively looked for what you're selling on Google versus somebody who's thought, oh, they're talking about something interesting, I'll dial into a webinar. You know, one person's actively looking for your products, the other person is not and isn't ready to be sold to. Okay. So I, I think the, the follow-up of leads is more important than how they're okay. generated. As, as you have mentioned about follow-ups, uh, this is what is your criteria or what is your method to follow up with customers or with prospects uh, through webinars? 
this is this is i am trying to understand because i we are also organizing webinars nowadays so <laughs> I, i think as i said I'm i think just, it, it depends on depends on lots of things it depends on where someone is in your journey so are they a customer that's joining the webinar or are they somebody who your sales team is already talking to that's joining the webinar or are they completely fresh you've never seen them before but it's, they've uh, found it on social media or or something like that i think But I, I think the biggest mistake that we make as marketers is to assume that because somebody attended the webinar, they're ready to talk to you. That may well not be the case. So <laughs> I think it's about trying to build out a profile for each of those leads. And obviously, um, you know, things like HubSpot, Salesforce, Marketo, they all help you do that. Um, but yeah, just don't assume that every single person who joined your webinar is ready to be followed up by a salesperson there might be a bit more of a journey to go there first and i think the other thing is um follow up materials is really important so we're we're finding a lot that because webinars are so common now people don't always actually join them they just watch the recording afterwards so you may get fewer people actually joining the session but you'll probably get a very good number of people watching it on demand later So think about different ways that you can do follow-up content, whether it's a blog post that wraps up a summary of the webinar for somebody who didn't have time to listen to it, or whether it's a, a frequently asked questions based on the questions that were asked in the webinar, you know, or just sharing the recording after the call. There's lots of different ways to follow up. The, the people that signed up found that topic interesting. So what else can you give them on that topic? Definitely. So thank you, thank you so much for emphasizing on that, Fiona. Uh, what is your source of information to keep yourself updated in this marketing industry updates? And what do I, I, I'm a really big fan of um, the Drift Insider. So Drift is a um, a messaging tool, but they have a fantastic kind of academy on their site, and the material in there is fantastic. I'd really, really recommend that. I listen to the podcast when I'm out running and things like that. It's, there's a lot to learn on there. To be honest, though, I, I think um, there's no substitute for just conversations with other marketers. So find a few people who are working in the same space as you and try and have regular conversations with them, just comparing notes. As long as they're not competing with you, their people are usually pretty open to sharing their experiences, comparing notes on what they're doing and what their focuses are. And I find that completely invaluable. So this is for the fellow marketers, even zero to two years, or uh, if you are a ten years, ten years plus uh, <laughs> experience, uh, you you need to follow this. You have to be updated in this world, uh, otherwise you can cannot sustain. So uh, you're working with in this SaaS industry uh, for so long. So what is that one thing uh, one should keep in mind before they enter this SaaS marketing world? Question. Particularly SaaS marketing, yeah. Particularly SaaS, I think, um, particularly with SaaS, it's important to uh, not wait for things to be perfect before you launch them. Things change very quickly in a SaaS, SaaS business. So I, I like it. You, you know, you could work on something for six months on a pricing page or something for six months to get it completely right and launch it, and it still doesn't do what you wanted it to do. So, you know, don't don't wait for everything to be perfect. Get something out there, test it, iterate on it. Um, But don't wait for it to be perfect before you launch would be, I think, the key thing. And I think the other thing is don't wait to build a relationship with sales. The two marketing and sales need to be working extremely closely together in a SaaS business from the word go. Great. And uh, 
like uh, here in 2020 and 2021 lots of things changed changed mm. and uh, uh, i think globally it changed and this marketing industry is also changed so what according to you uh, was the scenario before the pandemic situation and what is the situation right now and how uh, what are the challenges a marketer is facing right now and uh, how do one overcome that a marketer should overcome that i think um Sorry, it cut out slightly there, but I think I got the question. Okay. Um, in yeah, challenges, I think in actual fact, there are some things that are positives that came out of the pandemic, For particularly in e-commerce. You know, we saw a lot of brands who didn't know how to do things online, figure out how to do them online. And I, I think there was a lot of evolution in marketing there. Uh, so I, I think for me, it's important that we don't just revert back to the old ways of doing things if if we tried something in the last year online that we previously wouldn't have done and it worked well we should keep that evolution going but i think it's very interesting marketers we almost have a responsibility to improve the way that we do things so webinars for example we had already found before covid that people were finding long hour-long presentation-based webinars quite boring so we were launching 15-minute interview series and things like that instead and I think, yeah, the danger is that we'll all get a little bit too complacent. Webinars work. OK, we'll keep doing long, slightly too boring webinars instead of really <laughs> sort of taking the time to be creative. I think marketing marketing was once about 100 percent about creativity and then it shifted towards data. But you still have to be thinking creatively about all of the channels that you're working on, because ultimately it's about providing a good experience to your customers and your prospective and, customers and now it is digital creativity yeah yeah uh, nowadays you should be creative but digitally yeah and i think you have to be because there's so much noise there are so many people selling the same things as you or selling something that maybe isn't the same but could take somebody else's budget from you and um, you have to spend some time on creative messaging, creative campaigns, or just thinking about, okay, if we're going to do a webinar, what are we going to do differently this time in terms of format so that it's a bit more engaging? So uh, if you are not selling, but if you're connecting with someone to uh, just let them know about your product, so uh, one should always think about how differently I can do that. Uh, so everyone follows the same path, but what are the that different points your product gives uh, rather than others? Or and how, the approaching the way of approach should be might be uh, in a different way. Uh, you should creatively think about uh, again and again. You should creatively think about these ways, and uh, I believe it it would definitely change and uh, it will take a take a, re a really different way now uh, after 10 years which, which in marketing world like which has right now the scenario will definitely change yes absolutely i will be doing things completely differently with completely different tools in 10 years time okay and and i'm coming to the uh, digital marketing part uh, what do you think is the most effective way of increasing uh, brands online presence Oh, I think there's probably no set answer to that because, again, it completely depends what you're selling and to whom. But I think one channel that's hugely underutilized is internal advocacy and actually getting your employees to follow you, share your content, 
post your content themselves, not just retweet your company's tweet, but actually be putting the content out there themselves. I think that's extremely hard to get people to do and it's hard to track, but it has a huge multiplier effect on your content. Because if you think about it, your sales team are probably connected to everybody they've ever spoken to on LinkedIn. So if they're putting that content out there, you're reaching far more people than you will be just through your company channels. So I'd say, yeah, the um, employee advocacy bit is a very good way of increasing your online presence. Great. Um, and Fiona, I would like to understand what plans you're looking forward uh, to execute after this changed situations. Like uh, everything, you, you uh, there, there was a very positive way to looking after, uh, looking at this situation uh, from your. I, I, I really appreciate that. So, uh, uh, what are your plans and what all changes you would like to make uh, with your strategy in this current situation? And I think, as I said, it's it's about finding more creative ways of doing things. So we're trialing all sorts of different types of webinars, like Ask Me Anything sessions that are based on questions right. that merchants actually submit. We've tried kind of roundtable virtual dinners uh, on Zoom, which are varying levels of success. I think, um, yeah, as things open up a bit more, it'll be a slow and steady getting back to physical events. So conferences and things will take a long time to come back and for people to, to feel confident that they can attend them. But you could be doing in-person meetings and sort of those nice roundtable sessions with people in the interim um, but I think yes yeah, still understanding how you can keep those things going online is important and then I think it's the real challenge actually in the next 12 months or so is more about there's just so much noise everywhere everybody's pumping out marketing messages your inbox is full all the time so how can you whether it's just being a bit cleverer or a bit funnier even with your copywriting or you know just how can you get people's attention yeah that's grab the attention of your icps is is uh, what you really need to think at the core or basic or a marketer should think in uh, at least in a saas marketing industry mm, absolutely yeah and uh, coming to last two questions fiona so <laughs> what what is that uh, one advice uh, you would like to give an entry marketer uh, well, for their successful careers? Wow. I think it would be uh, make connections and keep them really warm. And I know that networking is a buzzword. Nobody really likes it. Um, you'll get training on it in lots of different organizations. Um, but it's less about maybe net going to events and networking, but more find lots of people who are doing the same thing as you are for similar businesses and then keep in touch with those people because all the answers you'll be looking for down the line, they will either have found or will be looking for as well. So having just making those connections, keeping them warm so that you've always got someone to compare notes with is really important. And I think the other thing would be don't specialize too soon. And if you do, if you end up going down a route of PPC or SEO or anything like that, that's absolutely fine. But stay close to the other members of your team who are doing different things, get involved in their products where you can. So not products, projects where you can so that you are keeping a more generalist view and you always know what's happening in different areas of marketing. That's that's super valuable, I, I would say. Uh, yeah, we are getting so many advices for entry level marketers. And uh, I think uh, one who 
follows all this podcast i think it they should be very yeah. uh, efficient <laughs> after the after their uh, listening to podcast and just before entering into this industry and <laughs> well uh, lastly uh, i'm curious to understand your mentor in marketing and growth and um, i've had a few people over the years to be honest people and often the best mentors are actually the people that you um you would do things differently too so you learn from managers who perhaps um you think oh i wouldn't have done it that way um that helps you grow but um i've got a great advisor now who always brings me back to earth with a bit of a bump helps me get context when i need it it's great to always have someone outside your own business who you can chat to um and get feedback from but i would also say the c-suite in my own business in loyalty line keeps me really well informed always gives me a lot of clear direction and sanity checking as well so I think it's it's good to find yourself a mentor within and without of your business. Thank you so so much Fiona like uh, this this was a really valuable session for me uh, as I understood I that one webinar follow up I I really understood what what all things you need to focus on uh, uh, you create an event right and uh, this these all efforts are just to uh, have you have some motive behind it so when and that is again when when you follow up then it is important then then it is uh, giving you results so uh, according to me that was a re- really really valuable information at least for me and okay. uh, <laughs> apart from that uh, these are these sessions are even like uh, we we have uh, we get to know so many things as we are just we have just started marketing this is uh, maybe our 17th episode wow but we have uh, learned a lot of things from everyone of the uh, everyone and uh, all the speakers till now and even we will uh, it's it's a really long way to go so thank you thank you so much you know for joining us today and for your time nice uh, for having me with this session we will end up here thank you so much everyone for joining us with this growth fit interview series thank you